0: I am going to be doing this week and next week kind of a tag team for, for, eh, you can say it's for Father's Day, but it's not really because it's for everybody. Everybody's going to get something out of it. I am going to talk to the guys a little bit more, Um, but we are actually doing between series uh, this year, we're plugging in what we call some of the big ones. Some of the stories of the scripture that maybe you grew up on, maybe you've never heard. Uh, Some of those that maybe were in Bible stories when you were in Sunday school or in your Bible story book. I'm going to be honest, the more I dig out some of these, especially the one today and next week, I really wonder how in the world did we stretch this story into a kid's story it's not a kid's story matter of fact I'm not sure you could even give it an R rating (laughs) I'm serious like like I, I, the more I dug into it, I was like, you know what? Some of you are going to be like, that was in the Bible. And I'm going to be like, yeah, go read your Bible. All right? Go read your Bible. Some great stuff, though, that we're going to learn and that we're going to dig into. So are y'all ready? Okay. Here's the disclaimer, though. Right off the bat, this is a no-elbow zone today. Y'all know what that means. All right? If you know the person next to you needs this, do not elbow them. You know don't go I, and don't and don't when you get in the car go, did you hear what he said? Don't bad idea. All right, it won't work well, okay? Uh, could have you I, I I had somebody tell me once, you're not the Holy Spirit. Okay. Enough said, right? Right, Uh, so, uh, and and I also want to say that this is also a no condemnation zone. Condemnation is not from the Lord. Conviction that moves you to repentance is from God. All right, are y'all hearing me? All right, so are you ready? Are you excited? We're going to jump into the story of Samson today. The story of Samson, and if you know that story, don't check out. Hopefully, you'll grab some stuff that you've not seen before as we look at it. And my prayer, like always, it's all about application. It's all about how do I apply this to my life. Um, before I get rolling, though, I, I got I got a question or really a statement and maybe... Um, I I believe there really is only two types of movies. I I know that when you get on the, you know, whatever, your streaming thing or whatever, you know, it has all these different listings of types of movies. But I I really think it boils down uh, to chick flicks or or guy movies. (laughs) Right? I, I mean, I know there's some that are a little bit of both, but... But uh, I like guy movies. I I like where guys, like, step up and kick butt, take names. You know, one of my favorite uh, (laughs) is the movie Taken. Oh, yeah, there's, right? Right? I, I mean, it's like, and I like watching, I like Braveheart. Anybody? braveheart you know i love it it's bloody it's gory i know but but every time i watch those kinds of movies where some guy like steps up you know and does the hero role or whatever or yeah freedom right sam uh, that that in me i'm like yes because i am a believer That every man has a hero inside of them. I just believe that. But very few men ever really become that kind of hero. And and so we live vicariously through the video game or through the movie, you know, of, being the hero, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I believe God is calling all of us, but I'm talking to men more than anything today. Uh, I believe God is calling us as men to stop just living vicariously through the video game and the movie, but start being the hero. Amen. Start being who God designed you to be, And we say this a lot in Forge, men, you know, this is kind of our creed. I hope you guys got your notes. Guys, I know you don't normally take notes, but you better get your notes today. All right, go ahead, go ahead, steal them from your wife. All right, write, write this down, all right? Because I believe a definition of a real man is this. A real man, every man say, rejects Passivity. Every man, if you're a real man, you what? Oh, that's, come on. Y'all are wimping out and we had not got started. Come on. Come on. Every man, we're going to what? Reject passivity. We are going to reject passivity. We are going to, everybody say? That's right. Accept responsibility. Boy, have we dropped the ball on that one in our culture, right? It's always somebody else's fault. Oh, come on. It's always somebody else's fault. Uh, no, no. Accept responsibility, then I'm going to do what? Lead courageously. Lead courageously. That's right. And, and you know what? Courage is not the absence of fear, courage is doing the right thing even when you're scared. Amen. Come on. That's courage. I'm going to lead courageously. That's what a man does. And a real man can expect the greater reward. You said, really? Yep, that's what the scripture says. If we do it God's way, we get his blessing. Come on. Are you all with me? So every man in the room... This is the definition of a man. Let's say it all together. A man rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects the greater reward. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you, uh, if you have a guy, young man, husband in your life, a man in your life of any age... Uh, I, I really encourage you, buy the book Wild at Heart. Buy the book Wild at Heart. Give it to them, even if you have to give it to them on audiobook. Buy it for them. Great Father's Day gift. All the guys are like, well, I wanted a boat. Uh, anyway, all right. <laughs> Y'all can work that out, all right? All right, but... but But seriously, it's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I'm telling you for the whole family, it's a great read. It will inspire men to be men. Um, I I really believe that our culture is crying out for real men to step up. I, I think one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible could be this. Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Will you defile yourself the way of your ancestors did and lust after their vile things? Wait just a minute. That's not even the right scripture. Although that's a pretty good one. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh, I I know what I did. It's, it's It's Ezekiel 22. I messed that up. And here's what it says. It's God talking, and he says this. He says, I looked for a man that would build up and stand in the gap, and I found none in all of Israel. I looked for one man that would... So can I just tell you... Because I know some men in this room that are standing up, that are building up, that are standing in the gap. Can I just tell you, we're not as bad off as Israel was at that point. But I believe God is saying, is is there a man, are, are you that man, that will build up, I love that he says that, build up. And stand in the gap. Because I don't want him to say, but I found none. I, I, I found none. That's what, that's what he said. So, today, um, we are, are, are going to look at this man's life by the name of Samson. And as we do... I want you to think about how how do I stand for truth? How do I stand for um, doing it God's way? How do I stand for laying my life down for my family? You know, like I said, I see so many of you guys that have stepped up and have really made an effort to become huh, real men That that... Reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, expect the greater reward. And I believe God is asking us to help raise up uh, the next generation of men or we in trouble. Come on. You, You know, you can't blame anybody but us if we're not willing to step in the gap and to build up um Samson was this very strong man whose accomplishments were like legendary but the sad thing is his weaknesses were legendary also they really they really were um and, and he's like so many that that i look at and i go man look at the god given potential Look at the God-given ability. Look what God has given them. And yet, again and again and again, bad decisions lead to self-destruction. <laughs> right? It happens so often. I want you to think about this. Um, uh. Samson was an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. He was an incredibly strong man. Now, to give you a little background, Israel was kind of on the outs with God. (laughs) They they had, had turned their back on God, and so God allowed the Philistines to overtake Israel. And Israel was now slaves to the Philistines. And and after being slaves for a while, um, God God really just let let them get beat up, let them go through the muck, let let the Philistines just harass them. And after a while, we don't know exactly how long, there's some guesses, but after a while, Um, The people of Israel started turning back to God. They're like, well, our way didn't work. Anybody ever been there? Our way didn't work so good. God, we are sorry. God, forgive us. And they started repenting. And because they started repenting, God said, I'm going to raise up a guy that's going to help free you from slavery gonna free you from the Philistines. Um, And so God goes to this couple, sends an angel to this couple and says, I I know you've never had children, but you're gonna have a son. And, uh, uh, and, And that son is going to be empowered by the Spirit of God to do some amazing things. But I want you to raise him From the time he's a baby, even literally, if you read it, even before he was born in his mother's womb, I want you to raise him with a Nazarite vow. Now, you can look at number 6 and read all about the Nazarite vow. But I'm going to boil it down to three main things that the vow for Samson was about. The, the first thing is that, and even his mom had to do this while she was pregnant, is the first vow was no alcohol would touch her, her lips and no alcohol would touch his lips. That he would never take a drink, no wine coolers, nothing. All right, That, 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 would, that was part of the vow. No alcohol, no drink. The next part of the vow was that he would never... Touch anything dead or unclean, all right? That dead or decaying or that was unclean. That he would never defile himself with anything dead, decaying, or unclean, all right? And then the next one was that he would not cut his hair. That his hair was the sign of the vow that he was living out as a Nazarite Vow so others would look at him and go, He's a Nazarite, he is. And a Nazarite vow was kind of like this it was kind of someone that was not a priest could literally choose to give their entire lives in service to God as a Nazarite. It was kind of this vow that I want to serve. God with everything that's in me. And that's what that's what the vow of the Nazarite was. So Samson was raised with that and in that vow. He was taught that vow. Never drink anything uh, with alcohol, never defile yourself with anything dead or decaying or unclean, and never cut your hair. That was the the thing. And so he lived his life under and with that. That was who he was called to be. Well, his, his strength was, like I said, legendary. He did some pretty crazy things. I'd encourage you to go read the whole story. It's actually three chapters or I would have read the whole thing just to you. Um, but, but he did some crazy things, like, like at one point, He literally picked up a jawbone of a donkey and single handedly killed a thousand men. I'd call that kicking butt and taking names, right? A thousand men. And they were armed men. They were armed men. And he picks up this jawbone, you know. And I think it's cool that the scripture says that it was a a fresh. (laughs) I don't even want to know what that looks like. Uh, All right. It was a fresh jawbone. He picks it up, jawbone of a donkey, and just, I mean, just wails on these guys and kills a thousand of them before they can kill him. They never touched him. That's that's mind-boggling, you know. Uh, When he was a kid. His mom and dad, or when he was young, he wasn't a kid because he was on his way to see this girl. But he was on his way to, to actually uh, introduce his parents. And he had run ahead of his parents. Uh, and, and a lion jumps out. And, and he just chases the lion down and rips it apart with his bare hands. And throws the carcass over in the bushes. And I think it's funny because the scripture says, and he didn't tell his parents. (laughs) He didn't tell them what he did, you know? I I just think that's kind of interesting, you know? I, I mean, this guy, this guy did some incredibly strong acts. But then he would betray his vow in every way, ultimately, I mean, one way he would betray his vow was, was he would, uh, that same lion that he had ripped apart, later on he was coming down the same road with his parents again, and uh, he said, I want to go check this out and see if that lion's body's still over there. And he goes over and he finds the carcass of the lion that he had killed, and he realizes that there was uh, bees that had made a hive in the carcass. And there was honey in there, and he literally reaches in and takes the honey out and eats it. That's pretty gross, all right? But then the scripture says he even takes some of it out and goes and gives it to his parents, you know? And that's a whole nother story. It's just like, but, but see, he defiled. He wasn't supposed to touch anything, what, dead or decaying. So he started toying with running away from what he had vowed um, even even early on. And, And you find out also he had a short fuse. He had an anger issue. Matter of fact, he literally at one point kills 30 men for their underwear. I told you you should read your Bible. Over a bet. It was a bet. He killed 30 innocent men over a bet because he got mad. And then ultimately, lust would control this very strong man. To say he had women issues? (laughs) Mercy. (laughs) You know? Uh, We know about three women, you know? He he, uh, that he had Um, and one of them the one in the middle was kind of she was just a prostitute that he shacked up with for a while Um, But but it's 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 crazy Um, You know the first one that he had um, And we're going to talk a little bit more about her in just a minute but the first one that he had um, in the first week of marriage whined so much, yeah, that's what the scripture says, she whined and whined and whined to get her way and then ultimately betrays him in the first week of marriage. So he gets mad and takes his wife that he's had for a week and drops her off at the best man's house and says, you can have her, I'm gone. I told you you should read your bible it's crazy you know like I said how do you make this stuff a kid's story I don't know you know um and then it's funny he goes back long time later and find out that his best his best man has married his first wife and he gets mad at his best man for marrying her and he's like you left her with me you know I don't I mean, mean, it's just just wild to me. It really, really is. Um, So much potential. Empowered by God to be the savior of their country. And it's interesting to me that most of what we know about Samson is not the good stuff. But do you realize he led Israel as the leader of Israel for 20 years, as a judge. As a judge. But yet most of what we know is not really good. It's really, it's really not. I, he had to have done something right somewhere in there in the middle of all of that, but he never got to see his potential fulfilled, he never got to see his country freed with his own eyes, it just didn't, it didn't happen, because he kept getting in his own way, so much potential, and, and the thing is, it's not much different than so many of us. I see men all the time that are great leaders at work, great leaders in their job and their career, really good at their hobbies, but spiritually are very weak and passive. It happens so much, so much potential, committed to your jobs Career, hobby, hmm. but your commitment to the Lord and to your family is like, yeah, if I have time. As men, now I'm talking to me too here. I'm beating me up at the same time. As, as men, we are committed to research, to find the best golf clubs. The best fishing gear, the best part to go on the car, spend hours researching and reading all of the uh, reviews before we buy the next piece of electronics, and yet we can't spend ten minutes in God's Word because I'm really not much of a reader. And you're men, and I know you love God. You love your families. But you get trapped in self destruction. It's so, so often. Hmm. We see in the life of Samson, I'm going to give you three things, three attitudes that I see that that are very self-destructive, that have become very common in our culture. And this is for men and women alike. Are you ready? You're like, no, stop it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Write this down. This is, These are things that will make a strong man weak. <laughs> All right? Things that make a strong man weak as we look at the life of Samson, some of those things uh, that will make a strong man weak is this. Number one, it's lust. I want it. I want it. When? Oh, come on. I want it now. You know, one of the biggest aha moments in my life over the last five years? I've always been taught that lust was sexual, but that's not even what the scripture teaches. There's a lot more to lust than sex and sexual stuff. The scripture says it's the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. You may, have, you may have like the lust of the flesh. Maybe that's the sexual stuff. I don't know. You may have that under control. But can I tell you, man, I struggle. I am confessing I struggle with lust. It is a constant battle every time I go to Facebook Marketplace. And I'm being real. It may not be a sin like lust, but it is a sin when I got to have it now. When I got to have it now. I didn't even know they made it. And now I got to have it. Come on, y'all, right? I didn't even know it existed. And now what would life be like without it? How in the world? And guys, I can talk to guys. I don't know how women's brains work. Anybody that says they know how women's brains work, they're a liar. Don't listen to anything else they say. All right. I don't get it. But I do know how guys' brains work. And when we get in this, I want it now. All logic goes out the window. We don't care if we got to pay for it for 20 years. Come on, right? We got to figure it out because we need it. Whatever it is, if it's stuff or whatever, we got to have it. I need it. I want it now. (laughs) And so many times it's like we really forget how it's going to hurt those around us. How it's going to affect those around us. And Samson did this. It says Samson went down to, to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. And he returned and he said to his father and mother, I have seen the one. <laughs> Now go get her for me as my wife. It's funny. This massively strong man, incredibly strong. Now, can I just tell you, I think all of our Bible story books have it wrong. I think he was incredibly strong, but he looks like me. Why you laugh? <laughs> because let's just say, I kill a thousand guys with, with, with a, a bone, you're going to go, where did all that strength come from? If I am Goliath with arms this big, <laughs> you're going to know where the strength came from. Have you ever thought about that? The, the thing that puzzled everybody was, where, how is he so strong? How? He don't look strong. <laughs> how is he so strong? But yet, he's a whiner. He's a baby. He's like, I saw the one, mama, daddy, go get her for me. Go get her for me. And I know it was a different culture and we could argue about that, but... But go get her. I, I, I want her. I want her. I, I saw her. I want her now. Samson didn't care what his parents said. His parents were like, um, can't you find some woman here that, that, is, that, is, that, that loves God like we love God? Why, why would you go down there? He went four miles from home. Crossed over into enemy territory, and said, "Nope, that's the one. I gotta have her. I gotta have her. Just gotta have her now." Um, and that's the one that she le- That he left with the best man after a week. But I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Hmm. Another thing that makes strong men weak is entitled being entitled i deserve it i i deserve it i i want it now and i deserve it i i work hard for it i slave at my job i deserve it Re- remember um when samson went and found the body of the of the uh The lion, he's like, I I deserve this. And he broke his vow by taking the honey. He broke his vow to never touch anything unclean. It's kind of interesting. God gave him the strength to kill the lion, but that wasn't enough. I deserve more. I deserve more. I want it. Gotta have it. And, and it, it's interesting that that his vow wasn't that important anymore. That I I just gotta have it. I deserve it. And, and I'm just gonna tell you, in our culture, and I know I'm singing to the choir, but in our culture, we grow up entitled. Every one of us. And if you don't think we do, talk to some of those that just got back from Peru. I deserve a good education. I deserve the best. I deserve it. And when we live with that attitude, here's the dangerous part. It bleeds over in our walk with God. And we start thinking God owes us. I'm a God-fearing American. (laughs) He don't owe you nothing. I'm just telling you. He doesn't. And I know that's not popular, but it's true. But we live in this, you know, <laughs> I got to have it now. I, I, got, I, I deserve it. And then where it bleeds over even more into the body of Christ is when we, we start seeing things like we walk in the church and maybe everything isn't all perfect. And we go, somebody should have done something. I've often wanted to do that, just literally not put up any chairs in the whole room. And when you walk in, how many of us would walk in and go, somebody didn't do their job? Can I tell you, nobody gets paid to put up the chairs. It's not somebody else down at the church needs to do it. We are the church. We do it. Come on, y'all, right? We're not entitled. We're family. Come on, (laughs) right? We're family. We do it because we're family. I mean, just think about it. Because that encroachment really, it robes me big time. When we think, well... I'm an American. I deserve it. Well, we can talk about that later, all right? All right? There's entitlement. Entitlement. And I'm going to tell you, entitlement will make really strong men weak. Really will. You see it over and over and over in the scripture and then the next thing that makes strong men weak is pride the idea of I can handle it <laughs> anybody ever got in trouble because you're like I can handle it <laughs> I can handle this I I can I I can handle it don't worry about it I got this you know I I can I I can handle it no problem well, you know, Samson got in trouble that way, too. Matter of fact, um, he, uh, he, he he. Uh, remember the vow that he took? What was it? There was three things. Don't touch anything, dead, don't cut your hair, and no alcohol, no alcohol right? And so, so he was like, oh, I can handle it. It's funny. The scripture actually says that, that um, I, I'll, I'll read it to you in verse 10. It actually says, Samson made an occasion for a feast. And that word in the Hebrew literally means an occasion to drink. He threw a kegger. Because he was going to get married. So let's just have a party. I can handle it. No problem. I got this. (laughs) I can handle the payments. Anybody ever done that one? Yeah. I can juggle the lie. And then it's this downward spiral. And then he winds up with this woman named Delilah. And this girl over time wears him down. What's the secret of your strength? What's the secret of your strength? And finally, he tells her, it's my hair. And she gets him to go to sleep in her lap. And while he's asleep, she calls the guys in and they chop off his hair. And now, (laughs) Samson has broken all three parts of his vow. And the sad thing is, another really sad scripture is it says that when he wakes up, he did not realize that God had departed him. He did not realize the Spirit of God was not with him anymore. And he was as weak as any other man. And they took him, they gouged out his eyes, popped out his eyes. They strapped him to a millstone, and now he is grinding wheat to feed his enemies. Like an animal, grinding wheat. And then his last day on the planet. There was a temple, a pagan temple that had 3,000 leaders of the Philistines in that temple. And they brought him in to mock this great leader of Israel. Now he's blind and weak and slave, and they were all partying and like, bring him in, we're going to mock him. And they put him between the two pillars that held up the Colosseum, the temple. And he had a servant put his hand so he could feel the columns, and in one last bit of strength, he Pushes him over and dies with 3,000 of his enemies. And somehow we make that a hero Bible story. But that's what lust and entitlement and pride will get us. It's just true. Our our enemy loves to make strong men weak. But here's the good news. Our God saves. Come on, y'all. He rescues. He loves to make weak men strong and everybody say victorious. Cuz in our weakness he is what? He is strong. He loves to take weak men and make them strong. Did you know all through the Old Testament, it's story after story after story of him taking the least, the weakest, the most outnumbered, and doing the victorious through them? Because that way everybody knows that was God. That wasn't him. That wasn't her, that was God. So how does he want us, we're going to flip it on its head right here at the end, but how does he want us to allow him to make us as weak men and women strong, all right? We're going we're gonna to show you very quickly. Are you ready? All right, here we go. We're going to trade our lust for a hunger for righteousness. Come on. We're going to trade our lust for things and stuff and for her and for whatever, for righteousness. Righteousness literally means right standing with God. Right standing with God. It's to walk with him. I'm not perfect, but when I walk with him and I walk in his righteousness and not my own. The righteousness that he purchased for me, that I have no more debt. Remember, we talked about that. When I walk in his righteousness and not my own frailty, I am strong. I can be a hero in the culture. Come on, it's true. It's true. Matter of fact, the scripture says that blessed are those who read it with me, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because guess what? They are the ones that are going to be filled. All the other stuff, eh, just a taste. It's just a nibble. (laughs) But it's righteousness that fills those needs, those wants. It brings them into balance, it puts them in the place where they are supposed to be. And how are we going to make our weak, will, strong? Well, this is going to, we say, you know what? It's not that I deserve it. It's what? I don't deserve it. Can y'all just say that with me? I don't deserve it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but that's not fair. <laughs> you don't want fair. Fair. Anybody in the room want what's fair? No. No. Because fair, if I get what's fair, I spend an eternity in hell separated from God. That's fair. That's just. I don't want fair. I I want his mercy, his grace. Right? I want to be one that goes, God, I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But you gave it to me anyway. Let me be a good steward of the gift you've given me. Come on, right? Let me be a man of God that stewards the Holy Spirit well in my life. I don't deserve it. The wages of my sin, it's death. But you gave me life. Hmm. And then instead of pride... What if we lived a life, man, that just says, you know what? I can't handle it without God. I can't. I can't love without Him. I I can't make wise decisions without Him. I can't. If there's anything good in me, it's because of Him. Come on. Right? I'm not a good old boy left to myself. Can I get an amen? not I'm not but without him I am nothing without him I'm not strong but with him and in the power of the Holy Spirit I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength come on guys I can and and I even want to make this confession I will do all things through Christ who gives me strength that's my heart that's my desire I have to remember where my strength comes from that's what the psalmist did (laughs) my help comes from the Lord my strength comes from the Lord The Holy Spirit makes us as weak men strong. And the stronger we get, the more we go, God, I got to have you. I can't do this. I don't understand her. I don't know how to love her. God, I need you. I need you. And in my weakness, he is strong.